I was thinking about um, our theme that we're in um, this month, not our teaching theme, but our giving and generosity theme called Be Rich. It made me think about my nephew, Justin. Justin's 22 years old, young guy, lives in Toronto, super guy. If you would meet my, my nephew, um, you'd be endeared towards him because he just has a great heart. He has a great heart for family, for people. Uh, he loves learning. Uh, he loves exploring things. He, he loves checking out cities. But something about Justin is incredible. He's an incredible sports fan. And it's ridiculous what kind of sports fan he is. And there's a picture here that some of you guys won't like, but it's the San Jose Sharks. And that's because that's Justin's favorite team. And I know that they lost, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup. But he was at, he, was, he had a, he, he worked in California last summer on an internship. And of course, if you would know my nephew Justin, he would find himself at a game. So he found himself at one of the Stanley Cup playoff games watching his favorite team in San Jose. I will call Justin or he'll call me. And for sure, there's one or two things. He's either working with family or at a sports game. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching the, the Leafs play at the Air Canada Center. Yeah, I'm at um, the stadium watching the Blue Jays play. Or uh, Uncle Dave, I was in Minnesota and I wanted to go watch a game. Or we went to Pittsburgh and we watched uh, another game. And uh, we drove down to California with my dad so I can work where for, there for the summer. And we stopped off and saw a game. And like, uh, I just got this sweater in the mail because I, you know, it's my favorite soccer team. It doesn't matter what sports, uh, he's just always there. And this amazing thing. Thing. I often ask Justin, I say, but like you spend all this money on games and paraphernalia, and there's never one ounce of regret uh, in his response to me. He's I was like, yeah, I just love this stuff. He's like, so what? I'll, I'll pay for season tickets. Or, and so it's just amazing to see this sense of no regret in Justin for the games he goes to because it's really what he loves. And as I think about that, Often we will spend time and money on the things we love. And if people push us, if we're really honest, we'll say, well, sometimes you might feel guilty if somebody tells you that and you might respond in a way that that sounds like you're sorry, but inside you're not sorry because you spend money and time on the things you like. And I've seen people spend, you know, thousands of dollars on their pets and they have great little rings and shirts. And I'm like, what, what is that? But anyway, that's another story, but but um, people spend money and time on the things they love. Jesus, in the course of his day, would likely recite this phrase over and over again. He would say this. He would, he would recite the, the, what's called the Shema of Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus added a phrase from Leviticus 19 where he says, love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, as a, as a Jew, Jesus would have recited this phrase a couple of times a day, probably woke up in the morning and said it, maybe recited it a couple of times in his day, maybe ended his day saying this phrase, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. He, Jesus shaped his identity around the object of his love. And it's amazing that he connected loving God and loving people, that our love for God is connected to our love for people. And Jesus uses the word neighbor Then he fleshes out this story of what many people know as the Good Samaritan. What's a neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Jesus tells this great story of a Samaritan who's walking between Jerusalem and Jericho and sees a guy on the side of the road who's in need. Two other people pass him by, but this Samaritan stops and cares for him. Jesus tells us that's part of your worship, to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
And so part of our worship, I mean, it's amazing we get to worship here today with music, and we worship as we grow in faith. But part of our worship is loving our neighbor, loving God and loving people. Incredible, the Apostle James wrote in his letter, he said, good religion or honorable religion is caring for the orphan and the widow. Now we, that word religion, people like say, I hate religion or don't make me talk about religion or religion is this and that. And I get it. But James, when he uses the word religion, he connects it to loving God and people. In fact, the word religion is like belief in something greater than yourself or the worship of someone beyond you. And the dictionary says, likely God. That's the dictionary version of it. So religion is really our belief and our worship. And James ties it to people as well. That our reflection, our expression of worship is how we care for people. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to a young pastor. His name is Timothy. And he's helping Timothy kind of do this pastoring work and, and help people grow in their faith. And towards the end of his, of his first letter, because he writes two letters, the end of his first letter, Paul often at the end of letters kind of exhorts people, encourages people to grow in their faith, to live out their faith, to, to really uh, grow in a certain way. And this is what he tells Timothy at the end of this first letter. He says this, he says, hey, Timothy, when you think about what it means to pastor people, to disciple people, to grow the heart of worship in your church, he says, this is part of it. He says, be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others, be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with one another. I love, if you can go to the next slide, I just wanted to let these, other, these words pop out at us. Timothy talks about being rich. And I mean, I love, I think being rich, when people uh, associate their wealth with something, often they spend it on stuff they love, right? Like if someone loves a sports car and they can afford it, they will spend their wealth, their riches on what they love, And Timothy says, be rich in a different way. He says, be rich, and he says this, in good works and in generosity and always ready to share with those in need. In other words, our worship is not just theory. It's not just topical. It's not just musical. It's not just, it's not liturgy. It's not just theological truth. That part of our worship and our discipleship is loving God and loving other people. And, Tim, and Paul helps us understand this when he helps this young pastor in the first century in a town called Ephesus learn how to disciple the people in his church. And he says, lead one another towards being rich in good deeds and generous to those in needs and sharing with those that are around you. And this month, we've been, we're, we started this last week and we've been doing it for a couple of years. We want to call our church and call each other to be rich in these ways. Um, and there's a couple of opportunities that I want to share with you guys as we think about this, because we announced it last week, and it's going, we're going to keep kind of encouraging each other to live this way and do this for the next month or so. But I want to kind of um, just talk about this Be Rich campaign in a way that maybe helps us connect. And the first way is this. The first way is serving. Sometimes we think the only way we can be rich towards others is money. It's like, I'm going to pay for this, or I'm going to pay for that, or I'm going to donate to something. That's part of it, and I'll get to that. But one way that we can be rich and we can live out our faith is by serving other people. 
And there's two ways we're encouraging you to do that uh, this month, among other ways. You can do that. You can serve your neighbors. You can serve your friends, for sure. You can be a blessing to those in need around you. But I want you to think about service in at least two ways, and maybe Westsiders can come around this. The one is international students. We've been pushing this the last couple of years. There's so many international students in our, in our city, coming from all parts of the world. And often, if you listen to their story, they only know one or two or three people at most. And this group called Friends for Dinner started to organize and bring the church together to say, hey, what if you opened up your homes and, and welcomed in these international students for a meal, for an evening, for a games night, for something where they can, one, just be with people, Two, just maybe be welcome to Canada in a very special way. And so one of the ways that we're thinking of how we can do that, any time in December, we would encourage you to say, hey, can I take one evening from now to the end of the year and welcome in one or two international students? There's been people at our church that have done this, and their pictures actually got on their website. So when you go to Friends for Dinner, you might see Stephanie Watley because they had a couple of people over last year, and others in our church community had done the same. But imagine the impact that you can make. Have you ever go back to like when you were younger and you say, when I was 20, I remember this person invited me over their house and they fed me and it gave me such an amazing um, just picture of the city or of my experience or I was on this trip and the trip was great and I saw so many good things but then I met this person and this person invited me over and they, they welcomed me in and they helped me and there's always that impacting story. Imagine we can be that impacting story for an international student um, this season. So I want you to think about that. The other way is through West Island Mission. December 17th, they're looking at um, just getting people together to distribute food baskets. And there is a daily anxiety that comes with not having enough food. I don't know if, maybe you haven't felt that, but if you've walked with people or talked with people that are wondering if they're going to have food next month, there's anxiety goes up. And we want to be able to show up personally with a basket through West Island Mission to serve people with food. Um, There's a family in our church, Ricardo and Flavia. They're from Brazil. They've been in Montreal several years. But they often tell me the story of the first three weeks they were in Montreal. And they lived downtown and they went to Welcome Hall Mission, not West Island Mission. And they were helped when they first came in. And that experience, that help, just helped them get through a difficult month a difficult couple of months. They're working. They're doing great in our city. They're in- integrated in our church. But those few couple of months, there was this group of people, Welcome Home Mission downtown, that helped them walk through that. We can be the same for an under-resourced family here in the West Island. So I want you to think about that. The other way I want you to think about being rich is through feeding. Now, obviously, when we bring food to people, they need the food. And so all month, this month, and up until December, uh, the end of December, we have this uh, bin at the back. And we're encouraging you to bring a couple of bags of groceries uh, a week to just, or a couple of, a little bit of grocery every week, just to kind of help feed the need of the West Island. There's so many people who see these needs. I think the church needs to be engaged in it. But then here's the last piece, and I think it's in around our giving. And we want to, every year we try and choose a local organization or two. And this year we stumbled upon, I think in a, in a godly way, this group called Friends for Mental Health. Some of you might be thinking, why would the church work alongside an organization that does counseling, doesn't the church help people? We do. This organization called Friends for Mental Health do such an amazing job at this specific thing. Listen to this. They, they actually come alongside friends and relatives with mental illnesses. 
If you know someone, a friend in your life, or a sibling, or a spouse, or a child, or a parent who struggles with mental illness, then you know, if you're one of their caregivers, you know the burden that, that takes on a person. Friends for Mental Health supports friends and relatives. They help the people that shoulder the burden um, of their friends and relatives that actually have a mental illness. So they become the listening ear. A friend or relative becomes a listening ear. A friend or relative becomes the encouraging lift. A a friend or relative helps someone get to counseling. A friend or relative is patient support. A friend or relative often is that rescue in that difficult day just getting someone out of anxious or depressive pit. Someone who notices that someone's maybe medication needs to be changed. And that friend or relative takes the burden of that. And Friends for Mental Health, they actually come alongside these friends and relatives through counseling, through coaching, through support. And here's, here's an incredible stat that just blew my mind. That one out of three people suffer from moderate to serious psychological distress. That doesn't always look into a, become an illness, but where there's a struggle that goes on. In other words, anxiety or depression or something like that. But this stat just, just ripped my heart apart. And I've read it before, but I've been reminded of it this season. That 24% of people between the ages of 15 or 24 who die, their death is related to suicide. 24% of 15 to 24-year-olds' deaths are related to suicide, and often by some type of um, mental illness or difficulty or distress. And that 40 to 70% of caregivers, friends of relatives, either have or can develop symptoms of depression or anxiety. And Friends for Mental Health, they come alongside. They, they prevent uh, this, and they help with prevention and care. Their client base has gone up almost double to 600 clients of friends and relatives of people with mental illnesses. And they're like on the front lines of that. And so we're just asking, can we be a church community this year specifically and say, hey, we can come alongside them. We can help them. We can serve with them. If you want more info, tomorrow night at Lakeshore Evangelical Church, the director of Friends for Mental Health, she's going to be there. She's going to share a 20, 30-minute presentation. There's going to be a Q&A at 7 o'clock tomorrow at Lakeshore Evangelical in Dorval. Go and find out more info. It'll, it'll help you understand this um, a little bit more. Or if you're struggling or have friends and family that do and you want to be a support, this would be really, really good for you. But here's, here's what I thought. This, this, this number, I'm a numbers person. This number came to mind, three. Number three came to mind. This is number 3%. And here's what it is. When you ask, what can I do? What does it mean? How much do I really need to help or serve? Here's the thing. There's 30 days in a month. That means there's 30 mornings and 30 evenings. 3% of those evenings is one of those 30 days. One evening is 3% of your evenings in a month. What if you gave 3% of your evenings in the next month to host a student for dinner? What if you gave one morning, 3% of your mornings in the next month to serve with West Island Mission? Then I was thinking about this whole 3% thing, and I'm like, what's the average grocery bill of a family of three, four, or five people? And I thought $200 is roughly it. And I thought, what's 3% of that? It's $6. If, if weekly, for the next four or five weeks, you said, I'm going to give 3% of my groceries to someone who's in need, and I'm going to help in that way. And then I thought, well, what does that look like in an average salary? And let's say the average person makes 50000 a year. That's $1,000 a week, $4,000 a month. 
3% of that is $120. I have to say, before I hit crazy Christmas spending, before I start budgeting what, what, what the end of the year looks like, I want to put aside 3% of my personal budget to put a dent in local compassion, to serve, to come alongside an organization like Friends for Mental Health. So that, that's my call to you this morning. I'm going to ask the team to come up as we move into this next part of our gathering. Um, you guys have, have this sheet. Uh, at least every other chair has it. And you can get more at the back if you need it. And this tells you everything that we're doing in Be Rich and what it means. But I just want to encourage you today. Would you leave today making a decision in one, two, or three of these areas to serve, to feed, to give? You take this flyer. And you know what I would tell you to do? Take this flyer or get a copy or look at our website and literally prayerfully say, what, what, what do I intend to do? How will I serve? How will I feed? How will I give? How will I be rich? And specifically with giving, if you're, we encourage you to consider this giving component so we can be a blessing to this local organization. And you can do that at the offering box today. You can do that through our website. You just write be rich um, on your check or envelope or through our website uh, giving. But here's the deal. When you, I, here's my promise to you. You ready? I bet you if you are rich in this way, you will not regret it. Unlike my nephew, who never regrets a baseball game, who never regrets a a hockey game, who never regrets a soccer jersey, who never regrets paraphernalia from a game, and I love him for that, but I can bet you, I can guarantee you, and I'm not a betting guy, but I can guarantee you that you will have no regrets when you give. You will have no regrets when you serve. You will have no regrets when you feed. Because this is part of God's, God's heart, is we love God and love others. We can grow in this way. You won't regret it. Um, can we take a moment and pray and just bring this whole thing to the Lord? And I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I'm going to pray specifically for you that God prompts your heart, that God works in your heart, and not just even in the things we just mentioned today. This is just a glimpse how God would want to work in your heart to be rich in good deeds, generous to those in need, and always ready to share with others. That's the kind of church we want to grow into. That's the kind of worship we want to reflect beyond our singing and our praise and our songs. Let's pray. Father, we... um, God, you've, you've blessed us in so many ways. And I know that in our church community, there are even those within us that are hurting and needy. And we want to be responsive to one another in that way. But today, as we, as we move and think about how we can be rich in our community for the next four or five weeks, we would ask you, God, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would lead us, that you would prompt us, that you would bug us about a date on our calendar to be a blessing to someone, to be a blessing to an international student. Maybe to throw a party with one or two families, other individuals, singles, and invite a couple of students over and be a blessing for an evening. God, would you, in a sense, we invite you to bother us, interrupt us. How we, you can use us, God, to help under-resourced people and families in our community through West Island Mission. God, remind us when we're at the grocery stores. Remind us 
of how we can, in that moment, be used to pick up a couple of items for West Island Mission and be a blessing. Remind us, God, when we receive our check, when that check gets deposited in our bank account, when we see the funds come in as a credit in our bank account, remind us of how you've blessed us and how we can be a blessing to others. God, 2-3% is not much, and many can give way more than that. But we, Lord, we want to honor you and take a step of intentionality to be a blessing to those around us. Would you work deeply, God, in our hearts that way? And we pray for organizations like Friends for Mental Health, for West Island Mission. Um, We pray for the one in five West Islanders that reach out to a community organization for help, God. We pray 20% of our community reaches out to a community organization in some way. Lord, there is needs around us. May we be rich towards those needs. and be a blessing. Give us the conviction and courage to live that out, act it out in a tangible way today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.